Uh, ahoy, babies, and welcome to another episode of I'm Ready, a SpongePod Squarecast. I'm Captain Eric, and we are continuing our sail through the second season of SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, sometimes you need to uh, get your crew together to have a good time, and there's no better crew that I can think of than the crew that I've made from the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated Project. And so I welcome on today's episode Alexis, Princess pasta dash and jeremy i dropped the princess of thaz music <laughs> no i'm it's just it's you, pasta dash creation you cannot be knighted a princess and then just drop that title that come on i don't know i mean like i don't know it's i don't know <laughs> all right it's a it's a topic for another time yeah um also just pre-warning um this is apparently also going to be a, a possible grab bag of other SpongeBob SquarePants movie rehydrated cast and crew members because we're recording this in a public server. Well, God. it's not public. It's well, more like public in the way that we have a lot of a group of friends who might join in, join in. Anyway, there might be some surprises. Who knows? This is all live. <laughs> we have no control over this. Um, today we watched the episode. Frankendoodle, which is literally, and as we were watching, one of the most iconic episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants that has ever existed, and easily one of the most quotable. Probably, like, one of my favorite, like, <laughs> I shouldn't say one of my favorites, probably my favorite, period. Yeah, it, it's, this is, talk about, I mean, one of the, many times on this podcast, and especially during season two, I've talked about many episodes being complete home runs. This is on another level of a home run where the jokes themselves, just one after another, you miss jokes because you're laughing too hard. It's really kind of like just one of a kind in a way. Like it approaches the fourth wall in a way like other cartoons like don't really tend to, if you know what I'm saying. And here's another surprise. Hello. What do you mean a surprise? I ain't no surprise. Anymore. Oh, welcome to the Squarecast, Aqua. <laughs> yeah, you're on a you're on a podcast. Right yeah, now. we're we're recording right now. Why this is this is all live. <laughs> this is the Frank and Doodle episode. Welcome. Why why are you doing this in here? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're having fun. <laughs> are you serious? Or yeah, I'm dead serious. We are recording this right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, have you seen that the episode Frank and Doodle? Yeah, of okay. course I have. Oh, well, that's that, that's what we're talking about. Uh, it is the second half of the thirty-fourth yeah, episode kind of, square? of s squares. A square. Uh, it is the second half of the thirty-fourth episode of SpongeBob SquarePants. First aired on January twenty-first, two thousand two. It was directed by. Paul Tibbet and Walt Dorn, and was written by Walt Dorn, Paul Tibbet, and Meriwether Williams. Also voiced by Paul Tibbet. <laughs> watching. <laughs> what was... Oh, I thought you said Mary whatever was voiced by Paul Tibbet. No, no, those oh. are writers. They are not characters. No, I know, I know. I thought that's what Jeremy said. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're, we're trying to figure out who... Uh... Who voiced Doodle Bob in the middle of the episode? Yes, and, uh, Paul Paul Tibbet. Yeah. 
And the artist at sea, who is at the beginning and end, uh, end of the episode, is played by Doug Lawrence, who also voices Plankton. Yeah. He's, like, dub dubbing over himself, though, right? That's Yeah, I think that's just a part of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> Either uh, way, that guy has a beautiful voice. He should be in more than just SpongeBob if he isn't. I didn't check. No, no, I, I think he's done a few other things, but not as much as you'd think. Um, I, and he his time is filled up by writing and acting on the shows. Oh, I didn't know he was a writer as well. Yeah, he's he's been writing on it for a long time. Uh, the episode starts out with a live-action setting of a uh, an artist out on a boat in the middle of the... Like, legitimately, if he's above Bikini Bottom, he's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Near a single island that is uninhabited. Like, what is this guy doing out here with a single pencil? He's out the ground zero for the Hasselhoff incident. No oars. No. How does this fit into the SpongeBob lore? <laughs> he was using the pencil as an oar. That's why he was so distressed. <laughs> well, this this is before the the Hasselhoff incident. Mm-hmm. This is a few years before. What, do they have a timeline or something? Future Ground Zero. There's they continuity. Do. I believe it. <laughs> SpongeBob. There actually is a SpongeBob timeline, but the only the only detail in the timeline is just that the movie happens at the end of it. Wow. Oh, that is true. Um, so we have an artist at sea who, as he's about to draw on his easel, drops a pencil into the ocean which falls in between SpongeBob and Patrick as they're playing uh, a game of rock, paper, scissors with bubbles, although Patrick seems to only pull out paper as an option. I'm, I'm only taking that as he doesn't know how to uh, blow bubbles of rocks or scissors, and he just he, he got the paper down, and that's all he's, he's going to do. I just don't think he even really knows what a rock is, despite living under one. <laughs> that is funny. that is an actual that's a pretty funny joke oh my gosh do they make him live under a rock because he's stupid he doesn't know anything that's yeah I mean oh my god I'm so dumb did you maybe I'm <laughs> one. Did you... you never got oh, that, that oh my god I just got that too I'm not even <laughs> I, never know... I never knew that Wow. I mean, I don't know. Starfish <laughs> like to stick to rocks. I don't know. Yeah, that's what that's what I always thought. I I can imagine Hillenberg and a few other writers just like cackling in a room once they came up with that joke. Just the fact like they'd have a dim-witted starfish under a rock. Oh, yeah, Cormier, you, you could probably help me with this. They they lampshaded that in the show at one point, didn't they? Like, it's like, what are you to live under a rock? Yes. Yeah, like I, there's, I mean, it's been a joke several times, I believe. Like a little jabs here and there, just mentions of it, and it just, you know, little funny, funny visual gag wordplay. Um, the the pencil though is just a picture of a pencil, not like an animated SpongeBob pencil. That's my favorite detail. It's just like. <laughs> It works well. They make it look good and make it work in the world it's in. Yeah. You know, it it, it feels out of place, but then at the same time, it doesn't. 
yeah, like uh, I, I don't know. I've known a, a, I've known a couple other of shows that tried to do the same thing, just to, as like a creep factor, as like a joke or something. It always looked way too weird to even laugh at. Like there was this show I don't know if you've seen called Uncle Grandpa, where one of the characters is just like a PNG of a tiger, but it's so hard to laugh at because like it's just animated so stiffly that you can't really get any punch out of anything it does. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the the way that it was animated, it definitely... Uh, would you imagine that they took frames out? Or just put less frames in for it? It's just like they... They Frankensteined other tiger photos on top of it when it, like, spoke. Or sat down. It didn't really speak either. It just made noises and, like... It... It didn't really have a yeah, need to be there. Tiger roar. That was all it did. It was just the Chewbacca. Anyways, back to SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, to no, this is an Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> to, to segue back into SpongeBob, uh, the creator of that show worked on SpongeBob in the later seasons. His name is Casey Alexander. Wait, the creator oh. of Uncle Grandpa? No, the yeah. creator of SpongeBob. Yeah, he worked on SpongeBob. Did you be- can you believe that? That's crazy. No, well, did he? Did he? <laughs> after the show end, go over to SpongeBob? No, no. Uh, it, or... it was his work on SpongeBob that convinced uh, Cartoon Network to pick up a show from him. I think that's pretty impressive. And I think he still works on the show. I'd have to look it up to make sure, but uh, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, eventually, so. SpongeBob and Patrick have this realistic pencil. They start doodling, and the thing about this pencil, for some reason, is that when it enters underwater, the drawings then become alive. I think they it's just more live. because it entered the cartoon world. The world of SpongeBob, and he's a drawing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a... You know what? When I watch this episode, it reminds me of the shorts from the Looney Tunes where Daffy Duck or Bugs Bunny would be like arguing with the animator and they would paint on that uh, paint on them and draw other characters in and it was like the artist was torturing oh, right. the characters yeah yeah where like duck amok. yes all of those where yeah where, so a realistic pencil entering a cartoon world would have that mad ability to draw animation but it's not like lampshaded too heavily. Like, it's obviously a fourth wall break, but it still works without taking you out of the experience on purpose because they just describe it as a magic pen- pencil. They don't really lampshade the fact that they're uh, 2D creatures. SpongeBob even says that he's 3D uh, at the end of the episode. Yeah, and, you know, they don't dwell on it too much. Like, they're amazed by it and they just move on quickly. Even Squidward. When he sees uh, the hairpiece that enters his life, which was originally a mustache that was drawn on Patrick, when it flies away, Squidward doesn't even for a second question about his hairpiece flying away. He just gets up and gets back in his house. Well, to be fair, he doesn't really question that he suddenly got hair, too. (laughs) That is fair. That's incredibly fair. Um. So at this point, uh, SpongeBob and Patrick with this pencil have 
created a few creatures. They've erased a few of these drawings. They've messed with Squidward. And now it's time to move on to drawing SpongeBob. Which Patrick draws a very crude drawing of SpongeBob on the ground, which comes alive and turns into... No, no, it, it was SpongeBob who drew it. Oh, wow, I'm... <laughs> Yeah. Cut all of that out. Uh, Man. <laughs> uh, so it, SpongeBob decides to draw himself on the sand and draws a very crude version of himself. Um, not really well-drawn eyes, limbs, but it, you can tell it's SpongeBob. It When it becomes alive, it's uh, certainly a creepy animation. It's creepy noises that it's making. Uh, it's off-putting, the way it moves around. Uh, but this drawing is not nice like SpongeBob is. It's It doesn't really um, want to be SpongeBob. It grabs the pencil and basically runs off into the world, causing havoc. Uh, what do you guys think about DoodleBob? Uh, I think, like, it's weird that such an iconic character... Uh it only showed up the one time until like 10 seasons later where, uh, you know, he comes back in that one episode. But, uh, it, the weird part is that he's like the star of like a couple of spinoff games. I think, uh, if you've ever heard of like that drawn to life or that they, they even had their own like WarioWare clone, uh, that was about doodle Bob, I think called spongebob squiggle pants i th yeah i think it definitely featured some mini games with doodle bob in it so yeah like <laughs> you wouldn't expect him to have much staying power but then like five or six years later uh he just started popping up in more places until he made his way back into the show for one more episode yeah i I, I don't, I mean, maybe it's just the creative nature of the character, but it, you're, like, one episode, and you're memed for life. <laughs> and especially out of this episode, there has, there was, like, several very popular internet phrases and, and memes just even out of, like, a 30-second sequence of this episode. Oh, yeah, like, uh, we should probably talk about that, the... Uh, when they find his uh, crudely drawn pineapple house, there's just like home run after home run of a joke. You pointed out there's like 10 home runs uh, in that one 30-second sequence. I mean, Patrick getting hit in the head with the wrench and saying, where's the leak, ma'am, is probably my favorite Patrick line of all time. Yeah. <laughs> um, Patrick wishing Doodlebob a happy birthday getting hit in the rock, uh, getting hit in the head with a rock and saying you're welcome is another Aunt Patrick Bernie, do moment. You, do you remember that one time that for your birthday I made you that card? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alexis uh, <laughs> Alexis drew me a, a version of that for my birthday. I still have <laughs> I still have it in my room somewhere. I could take a picture of it uh, and show you guys later. Well, not it was... the people listening to the podcast. Did, did she... Just... Did she actually, did she draw out Patrick getting with the rock no, on his no, head? No, no, no. All his characters. Um, it was like, have, have you watched Gravity Falls? I have. So remember the episode where they make, um, like, copies of themselves and they're, like, paper? They're out of the printer? Yep. 
and there's paper jam dipper. Yep. Yeah. So like it was like uh the paper jam dipper. Yeah, so instead of yeah, instead of doodle bob that was and it was like uh dipper and mabel. And you drew like you made the entire card? That's incredible. like how many years ago was this? I forget. That wasn't that long ago. It was maybe like two, if anything. Did you color it all in together? Like, what did you um, I feel like mark? possibly four. Uh, it was just black and white. I've got another idea. This'll be the ultimate prank. I'll draw me, and when Squidward answers the door, it won't be me. Ah, <laughs> oh, look at him. Ain't he a doll? All he needs is a tie. Ready for action! Bah! 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 Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod. You can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy. <laughs> Come on, Patrick, give me a boost up. Can't we just stay down here where it's safe? No way. I created this monster, and I've got to stop him. <gasps> See what I mean, Patrick? Where's the leak, ma'am? So I, after like all of the shenanigans with Doodle Bob causing... Um, I, now, to be fair, when he left the characters, we got to mention this, he does make his own pineapple and just seems to want to live by himself. I, do you think maybe the right course of action was to leave him alone? No. <laughs> he, he beat up Squidward. They needed to get revenge. I wonder why he did. I wonder why he like went along with the plan of just going up to the... I mean, maybe he is inherently evil just because the drawing does... I don't know. There's a lot of questions with that pencil. Maybe it comes from the artist's interpretation and what they're thinking at the time, but then that kind of, that's weird. He's SpongeBob's internalized hatred for Squidward. <laughs> <laughs> the soul of the little Squidward crab got sucked inside of him. Squidward <laughs> crab, I love it. That's fair. Another one of the drawings of the uh, of the day. Patrick's drawing of Squidward. Um, once they get uh, Doodle Bob's pencil away from him, uh, he is almost completely erased by SpongeBob, who takes his uh, victory a little bit too seriously. Uh, one of the funnier moments of this episode. 
And uh, then we find out that Doodle Bob is actually not dead. One of his arms still remained, which uh, was nice to see that it was still sentient enough to walk around, kind of like Thing from the Adams Family, uh, and get itself big creature, but reversed. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, it wasn't the other arm, which was just those three nubs, and wouldn't really have walked well to the house. It had enough anatomy left in it to use the restroom, which I don't want to think <laughs> it, about too hard. It just... <laughs> all you know is that it flushed the toilet. You don't have to assume it used the bathroom. <laughs> so many mysteries regarding this character. Perhaps tonight we'll solve them all. And just the fact that apparently SpongeBob's house has three floors now. Oh, yeah. The I mean, the inside structure of his house amazes me. I mean, one of the prequel episodes, uh, his house used to be taller until Doodlebob erased the walls later in the episode. He erased the second floor. <laughs> just the entire floor went down one one just one ship. Um, eventually during the uh, so Doodlebob, uh, his hand is able to get into SpongeBob's bedroom, steal the pencil back, and perfectly draw himself back. Which also Spongebob is able to do later in the episode, which was kind of weird that he was able to kind of like reconstruct himself with a pencil. But he is a cartoon character, so it works. I don't know. Like, the powers of the pencil are very weird and out there, and I love it. Like, absolutely love it. Um, but apparently any of these drawings, if they touch paper, they just get sucked into it. But not SpongeBob. SpongeBob would get sucked up into the book. That's what I was thinking. Like, come on, guys, where where do we, where is this line going here? But <laughs> Doodlebob eventually gets uh, slapped in a in a book. Apparently, with uh, SpongeBob has a book on his in his library that just has no. It's completely empty. It's like a a journal or a lineless journal that we get a nice little drawing of Doodlebob that can be hung up. It's one of those books he keeps around to make people think that he reads. <laughs> <laughs> Which we rarely see him do. Um, and that is pretty much the end of, of Doodle Bob, Frank and Doodle. The pencil gets sent back up into the uh, artist's hands, who once again gets to continue his drawings at sea, but unfortunately the pencil breaks. And he didn't bring a pencil sharpener which is the apparently the second rule of the artist at sea, according to the narrator. Uh, how that guy got out there with no oars and with a full easel and all that paper and didn't bring any other equipment beyond me. I have no no uh, ill will towards the guy, but uh, what, what an idiot. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to have the, uh, the uh, contrary opinion. He... He got stuck out there. You could still see him in the movie. He built a pier in the middle of the ocean, knocked Dennis <laughs> off of Wicked Hasselhoff. Yeah, if you look close during the scene where Hasselhoff is, like, flexing. You could see a skeleton riding in a boat. Nice. Wait, are you serious? No. no. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, that would have been so cool. Uh... <laughs> oh. Speaking of what I, what I said earlier, like, how it's weird the staying power the character ended up having uh is like i'm a little bit surprised like in the earlier seasons that they didn't show 
the drawing of Doodle Bob like taped to the wall anymore. Which would have been a really funny story. That would have been nice. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been nice to have like see, I I kinda don't like how SpongeBob like has occasional continuity, but only when they want to. Like, I don't know. If they I don't know, it's I like just, every TV show was. Or at least it the just, ones you grew up with. Yeah, it just feels a little lazy to me, like, you know, as a creator nowadays, because, you know, I I like to reward people who pay attention and everything like that, you know, but. Yeah, but like, you, you know, Billy and Mandy, that, that was like our favorite cartoon growing up. Uh, they die almost every episode. That's uh, true. And they're always back for the next one, but sometimes events that happen in the episode are important later on. Like, <laughs> there's this really funny running gag where uh, they meet Harry Potter uh, or like a Harry Potter ripoff in one of the episodes. And every time they come to back to visit him, he's aged and they have not. And every time somebody is about to bring it up, uh, somebody always changes the subject. Mm-hmm. And it gets to the point where like he's in his 20s, like his late 20s and Billy and Mandy are still six. I I feel like I saw that episode in a fever dream because I can't pinpoint like any scenes, but I know I've seen a Harry Potter Billy and Mandy episode. They called him Nigel Planter. <laughs> yeah. Is it is and... it worth rewatching? Uh yes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's I a lot of Mandy from time to time and I still laugh a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, very childish humor from it, but, like, overall, it's, like, it still holds up as much as I remember it, too. It's, it seems to be a show that I, I think when I was watching it, didn't think it would have as much staying power, but then, really, as the years got on. It, it stood its own. It was so one of a kind. And Cartoon Network was really going out there at that time. Yeah. I mean, they had like... courage at, at on television, and they had a show where the Grim Reaper was just a character. <laughs> I swear, there was like a small crossover they did. Uh, Billy and Mandy did that all the time. Uh, where they just like have a, another character from another show just pop up for a quick gag oh like fred flintstone yeah except <laughs> had a whole episode but uh <laughs> yeah there was this one episode that turned out to be um uh, all just a dream and there was another character having a dream of the other character dreaming and then <laughs> the third fake out happens when it turns out it was just Wilt from Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends during the entire episode. <laughs> I forgot about that one. <laughs> what a great end gag. Yeah. It's so I always loved it when cartoons like crossed over. I remember with my friend, like, we had like come up with other ones and we were like, we should mail this to Cartoon Networks. <laughs> <laughs> They they had the best re you know they had the best representation of their characters in a world together like ever in the history of cartoons. Yeah, I love and that it, thing that did where uh, I don't know if you remember CN invaded. 
Yeah, of course. That was a, such a great event. I I hate that they did that once and never again, and no other channel tried doing that. Yeah. It it worked yeah. so well. But that was such a brilliant idea. Uh, I think uh, I think it was Billy and Mandy actually that that was the one to end the trilogy. That I think that yeah, that was the one to end it all. Was Billy and Mandy? Yeah, because like it, it showed up the oh trilogy. It was like five episodes. It was five different shows. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, uh, yeah, it was that... Monday through Friday. Remember that one. Um... That one episode of uh, Billy and Mandy, I think it was like mainly Billy and Mandy, but it was like the kids next door. Oh yeah, the, they yeah they like, had a crossover episode. Yeah, but like at the beginning, um, you know they had uh, they had him like oh I know who to call and then he calls Ed Ed and Eddie and then they're like uh, if you want charity then go call the kid next door. <laughs> well then at the if you remember at the end of that uh, at uh, episode in the credits yeah, when they, they had, had all the various posters crossover. for other crossovers yes like Samurai Mac Samurai Mac that's great is, I, I like that is the one we all deserve yeah there was also the Billy and Mandy movie where uh, Grimm gets his uh, reaper status taken away and it's reassigned to number three of all people <laughs> yeah Oh yeah, that like legitimately happens in the movie. Like yeah. it's canon that Billy and Mandy and Kids Next Door take place in the same universe. That's so funny too. Cuz like considering everything. I don't know. Um but um, any, anyway guys, like how how was it to watch SpongeBob again? How was it to watch this episode Alexis? You said that you had mixed feelings about this episode as a kid. Now rewatching it as an adult, did you walk away a bit more uh, different? Did you have a different opinion than you did well, as a child? I, mean, I liked it. It Like, I've always liked the one-liners and everything. The thing that always, like, bugged me about it was because, like, I so heavily put myself in the shoes of the characters. Like, I just felt really bad for the guy that didn't have the pencil. The and artist that's all the way in, Yeah, and he was, like, in the middle of nowhere with no oars and I was just really sad but like I mean I don't know um you thought he died there but now I you did know that he probably <laughs> did die there <laughs> yeah that's, and now yep. we're comfortable about it <laughs> I mean like I said I've I've always liked the episode I didn't like ever hate it or anything but that part always like stuck with me like things like that do because I don't like to uh I actually don't like I'm uh I don't blame you for finding it too creepy because like there is something slightly off about those scenes because you know uh he's just being dubbed over and like I think <laughs> but that's catch up on that as a kid like it's just like the sound yeah. off it's like <laughs> I think that's what it is too like I just get um I have, like, a little bit of a history of getting creeped out by, like, uh, in, uh, well, like, uh, I don't want to say imperfect, but, like, um, media where it's not, like, yeah, yeah, like, I, I, 
I'm creeped out often by like just regular claymation unless it's smooth like Leica <laughs> stuff. <Baby bum. laughs> what? But like if it's if it's really choppy, then I then it freaks me out. So like I don't watch the Christmas specials. I don't watch like anything like that. Oh, like, but I wait. I really like. Well, hold on. Okay. I'm, I wasn't right. finished. All right. I really like Leica stuff, you know. So like Coraline, because like that's that's super, like. It's just um. It's just like super smooth and it like works in my head, you know. Uh, like a thing that actually really freaked me out when I was a kid was the opening specifically of uh Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events with the with the elf thing. Cause they fake you out in the beginning of the movie, you think like making you think you're they're gonna watch a claymation movie about the littlest elf and then the lights turn off and you see her like the elf's eyes in the darkness moving around while the narrator talks that freaked me out so bad and <laughs> it's, it still kind of sticks with me a little bit like i don't know um um my my sleep paralysis demon is definitely something in claymation that's all i have to say <laughs> it, so you're saying that it's it's not more or less the designs of the characters but just the choppiness of the yes. animation yeah exactly it's not the designs at all like yeah. i really like sale by jack stauber sorry what her newest nightmares opal by jack stauber yes it is mm -hmm. um i uh i really like the designs and i love that story but it's freaked me out so bad when I actually had the courage to watch the real version because at first I watched podcast is over by the way Eric I don't know if you've seen Opal <laughs> no okay. oh, it's so good. oh you have to see it you'll love it I will absolutely see it um no but like um it's it's claymation and the characters are terrifying looking and it's supposed to be scary, you know, like it's a, it's kind of like a horror, isn't it? It's like a thriller, really. It is um, uh, objectively a horror, I think. I think so. Um, and like, you know, it's, it's got the whole package. It's like creepy imagery and creepy songs and uh, like really choppy um, claymation. Like, ugh. I mean, you know what? In the end, it really connects well with Frank and Doodle. So, like, yeah. I think that's a. I, I'm I'm fine, totally fine with that. Yeah, he's uh, he's uncanny valley light. Yeah, exactly. Very light. much, very very like, light. Um, kind of around while the other characters are frame by frame. Yeah, this is this is just we've we've mentioned the word home run and it doesn't need to be redundant at this point, but the fact that like all of this humor and this life into this show is just coming out episode by episode at this point is incredible. That writers room. All right, so those writers did awesome. They were not on fire. They were in a, a pool of water. They were in a they were in a lukewarm jacuzzi. Not too hot. They were swimming around. Not too hot yeah. now. Watch the temperature there. Cut <laughs> any of it out because we need that for context. <laughs> 
Yay, less editing for me. Uh, any <laughs> All right, everybody go check the SpongeBob SquarePants movie Rehydrated. Check it out on Twitter. It's coming out later this year. There are so many scenes available on Twitter that are constantly retweeted by the Twitter account. And if you need that Twitter account, just look in the podcast description. Look in the video description. It'll be there. Go flood your eyes with all of the SpongeBob content goodness all over. I would like to make an exclusive announcement here. Do it! Yeah. (laughs) So, um... Well, first of all, this isn't so exclusive, but um, we recently passed our um, animation deadline. So most, if not all of the scenes are turned in now. We still have an extension for a lot of people um, because of, well, (laughs) like I said, we have a lot of, we have a lot of people that are taking the extension because they joined late or had some issues with school and everything, which is fair. Um, but anyway, like most of them are done, turned in. It's really exciting because we're seeing a lot of the stuff like next to each other. But anyway, um, now that all the animation stuff is mostly done, um, our Twitter is going to start hosting some fun little events, like, uh, little contests. Um, I think the plan right now is to do, um, you know, like, uh, art contests in the community in the server and the winner gets posted on the Twitter account so um, they will be hosted by the person who is running the Twitter um, his name's Nick and um, yeah so like if you want to get in on that that's going to be open to the whole community so Right, you so should. You can join, join the community at, at any time. Yeah, exactly. Like we have our Discord server link, literally everywhere. Like, look at the bottom of one of our videos, or like you know. It's definitely. Um, do you have it pinned on the Twitter account? I'm pretty sure we do. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, got to be there somewhere. Like you, we have. If a you want one. it, find it. Do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we have it in the description of most of our videos, if not all of them, and. It's like it's detailed in a lot of places. It, you'll find it if you look for it. Yeah, it'll be in the podcast description. Yeah, you'll I'm find just, it. I'll just quickly. I'll just add it in there. I'll do the work okay. for you. Fair enough. Fair enough. You just got to <laughs> do the work of scrolling down, clicking on it, joining, and then joining that contest. Um, but guys, well, joining what? and verifying. Joining and verifying. Yeah, don't we don't <laughs> want any robots. If you're a robot out there, don't join. Get out of here, you <sighs> loser. All right. Um, thank you everybody for joining me on this episode. I hope you all enjoyed Aqua. You unfortunately didn't get to watch with us, but I'll get you on another one. Don't worry. Yeah, I was Don't like, apologize. I just came in here and you guys were like, "Oh, we're doing a podcast." It all does. Yeah. 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 Even the part that you I said you would cut out. That I yep. Out is too risque. What? <gasps> what what was risque? My D word. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> like as in darn it, this podcast is ending. I'm ready. Magic Conj, will I ever get to meet Tom Kenny? Maybe someday.
Monday. Oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Okay, okay. Should I tell fans of the show how they can support us? Yes. Goofy Goobers, supporting the show is shockingly easier than catching a blue jellyfish. Right from our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash spongepod, you can find links to all of our social media and a support button if you happen to have a few extra clams. Also follow us on twitch.tv slash spongebobpodcast, where it's not only the official home to our sister show, Video Bob Game Pants, it's also where I stream live drawings of various Nickelodeon characters and host the opportunity for commissions and giveaways. Lastly, the official merchandise store is now open at redbubble.com slash people slash spongepod, where various designs will be uploaded in Inspired by our show, including our official logo, which is now available on a multitude of products like t-shirts, stickers, duvet covers, and even a shower curtain. This is a podcast by a fan for fans and will always be fan-driven. Any way you see fit on supporting our show is much appreciated. Thank you and enjoy.